Hey, can we just put our hands together for all our volunteers and all the helpers and people who have been here since early morning making it happen. For, come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap. Let's thank them. Before you do, well done, guys. Up in the blocks there. You know, a big hello and welcome to those who are joining us online. If you're uh, watching by video or listening uh, uh, by podcast, so great to have you as part of the Connect Church family this Easter Sunday. I'm really asking the question today as we get into the Word is, what does Christ's death and resurrection mean for people like me and people like you? If you're a follower, follower of Christ, how does it affect our lives? How does it make a difference? Maybe for you here today, you're, maybe it's your first time to church and Maybe you're going, how does this event, and, and it's an historical event, let me just be clear on that. We're not talking about a fairy tale. We're not talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs or some other type of fairy tale. What we're talking about today is a historical event. Can I hear a good amen on that? Amen. How do we know that? Our very calendar is based on it. 2018 years ago, something happened in history that changed the world forever. But how can that event way back there, 2018 years ago, how can that affect our lives today? What, what difference does it, uh, does it make? What, what really did it achieve all those years ago? In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. He says, you see, at just the right time, at just the right time when, man, when, when we were still powerless, who's we? We is mankind, us. All of us, we are mankind. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless. Powerless to what? Well, powerless to do anything about our spiritual condition. The Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And again, if I look at my own heart and my own life, I just know I, I, I can't go for an hour with, you know, thinking some thought or some stuff. I mean, hey, don't look at me like that. You do it too. Come on. And just, uh, we, we've all got issues. We've all got stuff that we go through. But if we're honest about our lives, we, we, our spiritual condition, the condition of our heart sometimes terrifies me. What goes on on the inside of me? And I, I found as a young man, powerless to change it. But when Christ came into my life, when, he, when I gave my life to Him, He turned everything around. It's not that I'm perfect. And you can ask my wife. She was saying amen right there. Uh, uh, now, but but I'm, 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 I'm aware of how much I need God. And so I'm saying at just the right time when we were powerless. It says Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly die, dare to die. But God, everybody say, but God. I want to tell you, the God we serve does things different. Your life, might, your life might be lost, but for God, for what God has done on the cross of Calvary. But God demonstrates, He shows us His own love for us, for you in this. While we were still sinners, and I said on Friday, what does that mean? While we were still sinners, while we were still shaking our fist at God, while we were still enemies of God, saying, God, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my own way. God, we've got to understand this God whom we serve did not say to us, well, you fix yourself up, boy. Get yourself a haircut. Stop wearing those ripped jeans and tidy yourself up and watch with that earring and that tattoo. God did not try and say, sort yourself out. 
It says, while we were still enemies of God. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. While we were still enemies of God, Christ died. Christ died for us, for you. So if we're asking what has been achieved, what has been achieved by the death and resurrection of Jesus, many things. But I want to speak about just one today. Paul in the scripture goes on to say in verse 9, since we have now, everybody say now. That means it's not going to be, it's not in the future. This is a now thing. This is something that has been done now. Since we have now been, not something that's going to happen, we have been, now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? The word justified means this, to be made right. To be made right. It means that you and I, as a follower of Christ, you and I can stand before God. Listen, people. Acceptable, spotless, pure, and without sin. It means that when God looks at you and me, when God looks at us, at you, He says there is no sin in that man. There is no sin in that woman. It means that when God looks at us, we are now just in His sight. All the wrong we've ever done, all the blaspheming we've ever done where we've chosen stuff over God, all the blatant sin we have ever done is removed. Is removed and God sees us as just, righteous, holy, pure, spotless. So you've got to catch this today. In Romans 5, 9, the verse says, and if you can put it up, and I want you to keep it up, if you could, in Romans 5, verse 9, it says, since we have now been justified by His blood. In other words, since we have been justified by His sacrifice, just as we have been justified by His death on the cross. This is amazing. As you, as you look at this, this verse here, as you look at this text here, what's amazing about it is, is that there is nothing at all in this text about your effort. There's nothing at all in this text about your striving. There's nothing at all in this text about what you had to do to get right with God. There's nothing in this text about how you had to be a good person or you had to do this or you had to do that in order to be acceptable by God. There's nothing about you in this verse. There's nothing about your religious striving. There's nothing about you, well, fixing yourself up, making yourself look right and, and being religious. There's nothing about being religious in this thing, there is nothing about your effort, nothing about your morality, nothing about your goodness in this verse. Your morality, how good you are. In other words, what this verse is saying is that you and I, and this is good news, folks, yeah. is that you and I have been justified, how? By an act of God. Yeah. By an act of God. In other words... You have not earned right standing with God by your effort. You haven't earned it. You can't earn it. You have not earned right standing with God because, because of how good you are. 
We have been made pure. We have been made blameless in the sight of God, not because of any religious endeavor on your or my part, not because of any moral pursuit that we have gone after. We have been justified. You have been justified because Christ died and in his death, he absorbed all of God's wrath for you and for me. In other words, God did it. There's nothing of you in this passage. See, Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned. Everybody say all. all. I say all in the Greek means all. That's everybody. No one escapes it. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? It's that, that no matter how hard we try, we can never reach the holiness of God. That's what I love about Christianity. It's not a religion where, where, where man is trying to reach up to God. It's a religion where God came down to man, where God reached out to us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it doesn't stop there. In verse 24, it says, and all are justified. All are justified. Just as if all have sinned, all are justified. And it says that we are justified freely. What does that mean? It means at no cost to you. At no cost to you. Nothing had to be paid. There's nothing you could do. There's nothing that's been done by you for your justification. It is a free gift to you. You are justified freely at no cost to you. But I want you to understand this. Although it is free, it was definitely not cheap. It was definitely not cheap. It cost God everything. It cost God his son, his own son who died on a cross so that we can walk in that freedom today. It says, and we all are justified freely by his grace. By his grace. It's an act of grace. What does grace mean? Grace means unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. And that, that means favor that we did not deserve. I don't know about you, but I, I don't deserve his favor. I don't know about you, but I don't deserve his grace. But, but as an act of his grace, as an act of his unmerited favor, we did nothing to earn this. Christ died. Christ died. By his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. What does atonement mean? To be made at one with God. Through the shedding, how did he do it? Through the shedding of his blood. Not through anything you have done, not through anything I have done, but through the shedding of his blood. And it goes on to say in verse 26, he did it. Everybody say, he did it. Tap your neighbor and say, you had no part to play. Tap your neighbor on the other side and say, you definitely had no part to play. Come on. He did it. God did it. He did it. He did it. Why? To demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ Jesus. That's why we say he doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. He doesn't say to us, and this is important for you to get. He doesn't say, say to us, you better fix yourself up. You might think you look pretty. 
But you need to sort yourself out. You need to, you know, get rid of this and get rid of that. And you need to pray more and you need to do this more and you need to do that more. He doesn't, he, he doesn't say that. What we are celebrating today, what we are remembering today is the fact that God did it. Oh, I don't know about you, about, four, or about one person's excited in here. I said, I said, God did it. Come on, somebody. Let's have a praise break. He did it. There is nothing we can add to it. He, he, he doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. Tap your neighbor and say you're qualified. See, the gospel and the word gospel simply means good news. And this is what I want you to understand. The gospel is not about what you can do for him, but what Christ has done for you. That's the good news. He did it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. It's a free gift from God. And it's important that you understand that today because if you don't understand it, if you don't grasp it, if you don't grasp that this is something God has done, we can be tempted to add to it. We could be, be, be tempted to add our little bit to it when we don't understand it. It's important that you get it. What do I mean? When Romans chapter 10, it talks about the people of Israel. And it talks about how they misunderstood what Jesus had done. They did not understand what he had accomplished. In Romans 10 verse 3, it says this about the people of Israel, and, and it can include all of us. It says, since they did not know or understand. In the King James Version, it talks about the fact that they were ignorant. They were ignorant. They, they were unaware of this fact. It says, since they did not know the righteousness or the justification that comes from God, they sought to establish their own righteousness. They did not submit to God's righteousness. In other words, because they didn't understand what Christ had done for them, they sought to establish their own righteousness. I've got to, how many people have I met over the years? It's like, I've just got to be a good person. I've just got to be, I've got to help old ladies across the road. I've got to, I've got to be nice to people. And, and, and if God sees that, I, I, I've had people, I had someone the other week, I was just talking to a, uh, to a neighbor and I was, I was chatting. He's like, oh, I've, I've, I've signed my papers back in the day. I was confirmed when I... I was well, 12 or something like that. And, and as if getting the paperwork sorted out will save you. I, my friend, it won't save. By doing things, it won't sa save you. We have to understand the power. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. We have to understand the power of what Christ has done. And it says they went to establish their own righteousness. Oh, how many people try and earn brownie points from God? Oh, I'm just going to be a good person. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do all these type of things. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong with praying. Nothing wrong with fasting. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Unless you're doing it to earn brownie points from God. If you sometimes think, well, by being a good person, God will love me more. Friends, I want to tell you, we serve God not so He will love us. We serve God because He loved us. Can I hear a good amen? It's out of the, the love and the, what He has done for us that we serve Him, that we give our life for Him. And so we've got to understand there's something in our nature 
There's something in our, the way we are as human beings that we, we, we will seek out and try and do things ourselves. That we'll think, that we'll think oh man, I've just got to be more spiritual. Oh, tomorrow morning, I've made a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get up at four in the morning and pray. And then you, then you don't do it. And then you feel guilty. And then you feel, oh man, I missed it. Anybody done that? Okay, don't put your hand up. But the, the, you know, it's just like, oh, I didn't do it. And, and if we feel like well, if I do it, God's going to be upset with us. Come on, I know people. That's how we do life, but we've got to understand this, this work of salvation. God did it. You can't do it. You can't add to it. And friend, if, we, if you don't understand that, if you don't understand that, here, here's what's happened. As you try to add to it, as spiritual as it can be, yeah. as spiritual as it can sound, what you're really saying is, Christ, your finished work on the cross, it's not enough. You're finished. I'm going to add my bit to it. I've got to do my thing. I've got to pray. I've got to uh, do that. But I want to tell you today, it's important that you understand that when Jesus said it is finished, he meant what he said. I want to say it one more time. When Jesus said it is finished. Oh, I'll say it one more time. I, I don't think my microphone's working. I said when Jesus said it is finished, he meant it. Come on, somebody. He meant it. He meant it. We have to understand what he's done. There is nothing we can add to the work of God. We serve him because he loved us, not so he will love us. It's out of that relationship with God that we can serve him. See, what did it achieve? What did it achieve for us? Well, Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. Oh, say it like you believe it now. Freedom. freedom. It is for freedom. That Christ has set us free. And then it says, stand firm, stand firm. Because many people don't stand firm. They're just like wobbly. They're, they're, they're like, it says, stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What's a yoke? A yoke is the law. A yoke, a yoke was the, the teachings, the, the lists of all the do's and the don'ts and all the things you have to do and all the things that was there in the Old Testament. That was called the yoke. And he's like, do not, Paul, Apostle Paul's like, don't be burdened again by the yoke, the heavy yoke of the law, the heavy yoke that leads to slavery and bondage. In the context of this uh, passage, when Paul is talking, he's actually talking about uh, uh, circumcision. He's actually talking about, uh, uh, I won't go into what that is, Ash appearance, if you don't know, but the, the thing, he's actually talking about that at the time. And because what's, what was happening is the disciples had given and spread the gospel and the church was growing. As it was growing, basically all these people were receiving Jesus. And the, uh, some of the Jews were like, hey, no, it's good that you receive Jesus. You need Jesus to be saved, but you you also need to be circumcised. You also need to have that. So you've got to have Jesus plus circumcision and you'll be saved. You can get yourself uh, uh, sorted out. And Paul's going, this is crazy. You, 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 you don't need to do that. And how many men are thankful to God today that we don't need to do that? Come on, somebody. All the men said, amen. Hallelujah. It's Jesus. I'll tell you what, that went way better in the other service. I want to tell you, they, they, men were like, thank God. Some of them were on their knees. Some of them were crying out to God saying, thank you. Thank you, God. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Free not to do whatever we want, but free to serve him. Unhindered by sin's power. 
He's like, don't be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Jesus went on to say this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke. In other words, my teaching, my, my way of doing life. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. John eight thirty five. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you really are free indeed. What has this gospel achieved? What has the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ achieved? Freedom. That we can live today free from sin, free from the, 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 the burden of sin, free. Uh, and again, understanding he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You're not partially free. You're not semi-free. You're not a little bit free. Come on, somebody. You are completely free indeed. That needs a praise break right there. Come on, let's thank you. The worship team can come. What has Christ done? Because my sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me. Do you need a pardon today? Do you need a pardon from God? Do you need to see God's freedom, that same freedom that came through Jesus Christ, affect your life today. See, the good news about what we've shared is we preach a Christ today who was dead and is now alive. Not a Christ who was alive and is now dead. He is alive and therefore present among us today. Today, of course, is April Fool's. But can I tell you, what Christ went through was no joke. His resurrection was no silly hoax or a prank. He has risen from the dead. The apostle Peter said this. He says, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses. They didn't guess this. They didn't go, wow, I think this is what has happened. They were, the Bible says they were eyewitnesses. They saw. They saw Jesus crucified. They saw Him die. They saw Him uh, buried. And, and then He was alive again. Dead people don't usually do that. And when they saw Him, it turned Peter from a chicken who couldn't even say he knew Jesus to someone who stood in front of 3,000 people and proclaim that Jesus is alive. Now maybe people might say, well, maybe they lied. Maybe, maybe they just made it up. Well, my friend, every single one of those apostles died a brutal death for this faith, for this resurrection. People don't die for a lie. They proclaimed Christ's death and resurrection because they had seen it with their own eyes. And because He is alive, He is here today. Because He is alive, He can change our lives today just as He changed them all those years ago if we would let Him. They had seen 
the risen Savior. Friends, I want to tell you, the resurrection is proof of our reconciliation. The resurrection is proof of our justification. His resurrection validates the messenger and the message. He is risen, He is alive, and He is present here to seek and to save that which was lost. Friend, do you need a pardon today? Do you need God's unmerited favor today? Do you need God's grace today? For me, all those years ago, I remember being in a service like this and remembering as a, as a young biker and whatever, trying to be cool and trying to, you know, not let anyone see me. It was kind of awkward that I was, oh, how did I end up here? But I ended up in that church because there was a hunger in my heart because I, needed, I, I knew I needed more than what I had. And as the preacher did what I'm doing now, as he gave an altar call. And we give an altar call because I believe it can alter our lives. It can change our situation. But as I listened in that, to that preacher as he spoke, I could feel, as the Bible says, God knocking on the door of my heart, saying, would you open that door? Would you let me come in? I felt Christ calling me to get right with him. Maybe right now you feel that same calling. And you're going, wow, man, I've got to sort myself out, Pastor. You don't know how bad I am. See, the beauty of the gospel is not about how bad you are, but about how good God is. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. But friends, as I said on Friday, the thief on the cross could do nothing but ask God for mercy. There is nothing we can add to what Jesus Christ has done. There's no good works. There's no, well, I'm going to be a better person for the next few weeks and then I'll come to church and, and get my life right with God. No, you can do nothing. This is an act of God. And it's a free gift. Free, but not cheap. It's cost God everything. Would you receive Him today? With every head bowed and every eye closed right across this place. No one moving around. If you're here today and you're saying, well, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. Pastor, I know I need to get right with God today. I know I've, maybe you've known what it is to walk with God for a while, but your relationship with Him has gone cold. You've allowed sin to ensnare you. You've allowed stuff to get a hold of you. Sin fascinates, then assassinates us. It takes hold of our lives. And today you know you need to get right with God. Maybe you're here today and you've come and life's doing, your life is going well, but at the same time, you're, you're feeling like, man, I need to get right with God. I know I need to sort out my eternal destiny. Friend, in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, a prayer that says, God, I open the door of my heart. Come in, be the king of my life. Lead me from this day forth. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, would you include me in that prayer? I need to get right with God today. Wherever you're sitting, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just be brave enough to just put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you down the back here. Thank you in the middle here. Thank you over to the side here. Thank you over to the side. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God today. You can slip those hands down. 
And just while I was, before I move on, I, I want to give another opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you know you should be putting your hand up. I'm, I'm doing this because it happened in the last service. One chap, he was just worried about what everybody else was thinking. And I said, man, you, you know you should have put your hand up, but you didn't. And as I gave that second altar call, his hand went straight up. He said, no, I've got to give my life. Maybe you're here today. And you know you should have put your hand up right then, but you didn't. Maybe you're worried about your friends or maybe you're worried about what other people will think. But you know you should have put your hand up in that last altar call. If that's you here today, would you just put your hand up today and just say, no, look, I need to be included in that prayer. Is there anyone here today? Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else? Anyone else? You know you need to get right today. All right, slip those hands down. Now we're gonna all pray this prayer together. But for those who have especially put their hand up, this is for you all together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Cleanse me of my sin. Wash me. Make me as white as snow. Lord, help me to live my life for you from this day forth. Be my Savior and my Lord. This I ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said...